0: Hey, welcome back to Bridging the Gap with me, Bridget. This is the podcast where I attempt to bridge the gap between your questions with some answers. In today's episode, I'd like to talk about something I could go eons on about, and that is my all-time favorite TV show, BoJack Horseman. BoJack Horseman is one of those rare shows that I have actually binge-watched. I know, that sounds literally insane rare show to binge watch, because the truth is, I'm not part of the millions of people that like to binge watch shows, um, and I don't think it's bad to binge watch shows. I honestly don't have the attention span to do so. However, a little over a year ago, I was introduced to this animated series on Netflix called BoJack Horseman, and since then, my life has been changed forever, and I'd like to take you guys into the world of BoJack. According to Wikipedia, BoJack Horseman is an American adult animated comedy drama series created by Raphael Bob-Waksberg. The series stars Will Arnett as a title character, with a supporting cast including Amy Sitaris, Alison Brie, Paul F. Tompkins, and Aaron Paul. The series' first season premiered on August 22, 2014 on Netflix, with the Christmas special premiering on December nineteenth. The show is designed by the cartoonist Lisa Hanawalt, had previously worked with bob waxberg on the web comment called tip me over pour me out alongside having a satirical take on current events politics and show business bojack is lauded for its realistic take on dealing with depression trauma addiction self-destructive behavior and the human experience
1: situation comedy horsing around premiered on abc The show, in which a young bachelor horse is forced to reevaluate his priorities when he agrees to raise three human children, was initially dismissed by critics as broad and saccharine and not good. But the family comedy struck a chord with America and went on to air for nine seasons. The star of Horsin' Around, BoJack Horseman, is our guest tonight. Welcome, BoJack. It is good to be here, Charlie. Sorry I was late to traffic. It's Uh, really no problem. I parked in a handicapped spot. I hope that's okay. You parked? In I'm a... sorry, disabled spot. Is that the proper nomenclature? Maybe you should move the car. No, I don't or... think I should drive right now. I'm I'm incredibly drunk. You're telling me that you're drunk right now? Is it just me, or am I nailing this interview? I kind of feel like I'm nailing it. Yes. Anyway, we were talking about and Around. To what do you attribute the show's wide appeal? Charlie, listen, you know, I know that it's very hip these days to shit all over and Around, but at the time, I can tell you... Is it okay to say shit? Please don't. Did I... I think the show's actually pretty solid for what it is. That's not Ibsen, sure. But look, for a lot of people, life is just one long, hard kick in the urethra. Sometimes, when you get home from a long day of getting kicked in the urethra, you just want to watch a show about good, likable people who love each other. Where, you know, no matter what happens, at the end of 30 minutes, everything's going to turn out okay. You know, because in real life, they I already say the thing about the urethra? Oh, well, let's talk about real life. What have you been doing since the show's cancellation 18 years ago? That's a great question, Charlie. I, uh, uh,
0: I... The show starts off with an obviously self-pitying, narcissistic bojack that is clearly hiding behind years of childhood trauma. And I say this because it is immediately brought up in the show about how much he hates his parents. The humor revolves around his selfishness, lack of self-awareness, and lack of empathy for the people around him. But to give you more context, let me tell you this. So it's been 18 years since his hit sitcom series, Horsin' Around, aired, and now Bojack is trying to regain his fame by writing a memoir. However, the audience gets a first glimpse at Bojack's depression and trauma when he makes it clear that he doesn't view his book as a last claim to fame. Rather, he views it as a last attempt to getting people to like him again. This is where the Bojack cycle begins. Bojack is needing constant validation from others to make sure his actions are being perceived as either good or bad. This need for validation is mirrored by his old sitcom series Horsin' Around, where conflicts his character faces in the show are resolved and come to a clear conclusion within 30 minutes, whereas in real life, it doesn't. Real life is messy and complicated and sometimes you don't get closure, but that is the exact philosophy behind the show. The supporting characters of the show each have their own personal struggle they face and try to resolve throughout the entirety of the show. Learning more about how the creator, Raphael, Bob Waksberg, views happy endings and conflicts will give you a better understanding of the philosophy behind the show. His words are, Well, I don't believe in endings. I think you can fall in love and get married and you can have a wonderful wedding, but then you still have to wake up the next morning and you're still you. Like, You can have the worst day of your life, but then the next day won't be the worst day of your life. And I think it works in a positive and a negative that all these things that happen are just moments in time. And that because of the narrative we've experienced, we've kind of internalized this idea that we're working towards some great ending. And that if we put all our ducks in a row, we'll be rewarded and everything will finally make sense. But the answer is that everything doesn't make sense. These words are the foundation of BoJack Horseman. It's the philosophy behind the show and what makes it so real and vulnerable. Each character has to face a conflict, but not everyone is guaranteed a solution. It's not like in Disney movies where you know that by the end of the movie, the princess is going to find her prince charming and that love is real and it exists and it only exists if someone comes to save you, depending on which perspective you look at. In real life, you're not always going to find closure, you're not always going to come to this grand ending. You could have the biggest accomplishment in your life happen, and then the next day, it's going to be over, and you still have to face everything that you were facing before that big day. And I think that's really why this show has resonated with so many people. So in the show, there are other supporting characters that each have their own struggle that they need to face. And to go into more detail, I'll go ahead and introduce to you all of the characters. So, there's Carolyn, the sassy cat, who is also Bojack's agent. Um, I also think it's important to mention that since this is an animated series, the majority of the characters are actually animals. Bojack is a horse, Carolyn is a cat, and so on. There's a huge, wacky element to the show, and that's what makes it so powerful, because you have so many contrasting elements to it that it feels so refreshing and different. Anyway, Princess Carolyn is an agent, and her personal struggle is that she can never say no to people. She's always there to pick up Bojack after he goes on a week-long or even a month-long bender, and she's always putting other people before her, even though what she secretly desires is this stable relationship where someone's going to take care of her, as well as a family of her own. Throughout the series, you see her struggling between finding the balance of being who she is, the person that helps everyone, and doing what she wants. Aside from everyone else. Of course,
2: of course. That's what you get when you fall for a horse. Taxi! You gotta get your shit together. So yesterday you let yourself fall in love a little bit and you got your heart broken. Sir, you're right for having feelings. Starting now, you are a hard, heartless career gal. Go to work. Be awesome at it, and don't waste time on foolish flights of fancy. From now on, you are a robot. Beep, bop, boop, or bleep.
0: Next in the show, there is Todd, who happens to be Bojack's roommate. He ends up playing the role of, you know, quote-unquote couch potato, so to speak. He doesn't have a job or any smart comments to make, but he ends up in what is called a classic Todd scheme it parodies old TV sitcoms and movies were the standard for how ridiculous a plot could get. It was basically non-existent. It's like, wow, what crazy thing could Todd get into next? And trust me, he gets into some pretty crazy shit. So, you don't really pay much attention to him at first, but he ends up bringing really great depth to the show as the seasons progress. He begins to struggle with this weird pressure from society to, like, get a job and become something, and He gets sucked into the same narrative of, like, I need to put all of my ducks into a row and then I'm going to have this great ending and if I get a job and if I do well, then I'm going to become someone and I'm going to do something and I'm going to have this, like, definite closure of what I need to be and that I've made it. So he brings a lot of depth with that and he also struggles a lot with his sexuality, which is something really important that I'll talk about later.
1: We should go sometime, together.
2: Todd, can I ask you something? Of course. What's your deal? I feel like you like me, but you don't like me, but you like me, and I don't know what that is. Are you gay?
1: Whoa. Why would you even... You can
2: tell me if you're gay. It's fine. This isn't the 1600s or some places in the present.
1: I'm not gay. I mean, I don't think I am, but I don't think I'm straight either. I don't know what I am. I think I might be nothing. Oh, well that's okay yeah yeah of
0: course lastly you have diane and mr peanut butter diane is another leading character in the show she starts off as bojack's ghostwriter in the first season when he's writing his memoir but ends up having a very high and low relationship with him as well as her fiance mr peanut butter whom you might have guessed might have not guessed but he is a dog Mr. Peanut Butter contrasts Bojack in every way. He also had a hit sitcom series called Mr. Peanut Butter's House, which was a total ripoff of horsing around. Mr. Peanut Butter also contrasts Bojack in the sense that Bojack has this cynical attitude about life, whereas Mr. Peanut Butter is always positive and upbeat, you know, kind of like a dog. Um, however, both Mr. Peanut Butter and Diane are characters that go through a self identity crisis and have to figure out who they are and what they want in life. Whether it's each other, if it's something different, if they need something more, if they're okay with where they're at, they're always searching for what they want within themselves.
2: I still can't believe I'm 35. Would you believe I'm 35? (laughs) I'm still mad at you. I know. But I don't want to be.
1: Well, I don't want you to be mad at me either. We only have so many days together. I want everyone to be a happy one.
2: Oh my god. You don't want me to go to Cordovia. What? You don't think I know what it means when you say shit like, "Mm, we only have so many days together? Uh, what? Diane, I love waking up next to you. Uh... Diane, I wish every day could be like this. Yeah, but... Just the two of us together. Do you have any idea how that feels when I'm trying to plan my trip? Okay,
1: you got me. Maybe I don't want my wife whom I love to go off on a terrifying six-month tour of the most war-torn, disease-splattered corners of the planet with a charming, handsome, billionaire bachelor? What can I be thinking? I'm such a terrible husband!
2: I'm not happy!
1: With me?
2: I don't know. With everything. I wake up in the morning, and I feel like I have no purpose. And I'm 35. And if I don't make some change in my life, then this is how I'm gonna feel forever. Honey. But then I think about Sebastian St. Clair and going to work with him, helping people and making a difference. And I feel like I have a reason to get out of bed.
1: I didn't know you felt that way. If you told me that, I would have heard it.
2: Mr. Peanut Butter. you know I love you and think you're a good dog. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. And I love your cute, funny face. But I don't want to be one of those couples that settles into a routine and never changes. Uh
0: Before I go on to the final chapter of this podcast, I'd like to give a huge shout out to UNT Dallas for sponsoring this video. This university has made it possible for me and countless other students to create various works within the digital production realm. We have a writing lab to help with essays and movie scripts, we have a radio lab fully equipped with top-of-the-line microphones, as well as a soundproof room, which is awesome. We also have a Mac lab with the up-to-date Adobe software for all of your editing needs and ones. But lastly, and most importantly, we have top quality teachers that push students out of their comfort zones to create some really, really amazing work. So shout out to all the professors and faculty that make UNT Dallas what it is today. And thank you again for sponsoring this video. I highly encourage everyone to go to their website at www.untdallas.edu. So now that you have some background of the show and where each important character is at, we can go on to discuss why the show is just so freaking good. Now, I know it's not a show for everyone because some people really do enjoy the classic narrative that sitcom television shows provide, because as Bojack puts it, we really do just like to watch some TV where there are good, likable people doing good and likable things. However, I think there's a group of people out there that are like me where we want shows that have more depth and are closer to reality. The fact that the creator of the show does not believe in happy endings really makes for the show to become more realistic. I've noticed that in most shows, something will happen in an episode that was convenient for the plot of that one episode and will never get brought up again, like somehow it was completely forgotten or never even happened. However, that is not the same for Bojack Horseman. In season 3, Bojack gets tied up with an old friend of his. Her name is Charlotte and is the complete opposite of the classic Hollywood girl. Bojack and Charlotte were friends right before Bojack got offered his role in Horsin' Around 18 years ago. Charlotte decided to move away and give up the Hollywood life, while Bojack, of course, stayed behind and completed the series. She provides insight to Bojack by showing him a side of a nice and stable life. They meet up with each other again after 18 years, when the creator of Horsin' Around dies. After their meeting, Bojack begins to contemplate his life and wonders if he had chosen the right path and if he had chosen differently, would his depression be cured? Would this horrible cycle that he knows he has is self-sabotaging, constantly drinking, constantly making things worse, would that have all been different if he had chosen this life like Charlotte did? So after the funeral, he randomly decides to visit her in New Mexico, where she lives with her husband and two children. Bojack was in the middle of filming an important movie when he decided to show up, and he ended up staying with them for a couple of months. In the end, Charlotte's youngest daughter develops a crush on Bojack and tries to make a move on him. Now, this part's going to get really uncomfortable because the show takes a really dark turn when Bojack allowed Charlotte's daughter to visit him and actually thought about taking things further with her. But before anything happened, Charlotte caught them.
2: Go to your room. We didn't even do anything. Now, Penny.
1: Charlotte, I am so sorry. Don't.
2: Don't you dare. If you are not out of my driveway in 30 minutes, I will call the police. And if you ever try to contact me or my family again, I will fucking kill you.
0: I brought up this specific situation, although it is incredibly uncomfortable and severely dark, is because in most shows, something like this would never be talked about again. It would be the one disgusting thing that happened in season three, and that's where it would stay. But as previously stated, Raphael doesn't believe in endings really. He believes that life are just moments in time. Sometimes they're good and other times really bad, but either way, your actions are going to have consequences and not everything is going to be resolved in a nice and pretty way. This incident with Charlotte's daughter is brought up throughout the rest of the seasons because in real life, if something like this were to happen, there'd be real consequences for them. Penny ends up working through her trauma but still struggles because that's what it was, traumatic. Bojack ends up completely spiraling out of control and explodes to Diane in the latest season, where what was once a secret, which was Bojack sneaking off to Mexico, becomes known and Diane wants to get to the bottom of it. Because, like I've mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, this is his cycle. It's a continuous loop that he falls in. Something good happens, self-sabotages. Something good happens, self-sabotages. And it just continuously works itself out because BoJack is struggling to realize that life is up and down. It's good and it's bad, it's positive and it's negative, it's both
2: to know when you've done shitty things why is that your business because i'm your friend and i care about you and i wrote a book about you and now i wrote this show for you and i am very publicly your friend so if it gets out that you're doing creepy stuff that makes me look bad
1: oh so you're worried about things that i may have done because you think that it reflects badly on you hurts your brand that's your moral high ground? This is
2: not about moral high ground. You want
1: to know about New Mexico? You want to know about the, the one little thing that I did in New Mexico, which, by the way, wasn't even really a thing? You know
2: what? Spare me. No,
1: I'm going to tell you. I'll tell you whatever you want. And while I'm at it, you want to hear about what happened at the MTV Beach House? Or why I'm not allowed to fly United anymore? Or what happened with Sharona, the makeup lady on Horsin' Around? What? Or the dozens of other shady things that may or may not have occurred in my life that I can barely even remember because I was high or drunk or it was 30 years ago?
2: And you don't feel bad about any of this stuff?
1: Yeah, of course I do. I've spent so much time feeling bad. By the way, most of these women... Don't even remember, I bet.
2: Well, that's really convenient for you.
1: I'm the one who has to live with this shit. I'm the one who has to feel the guilt all day, every day.
2: So you're the victim here?
1: Yeah, and I know that's not the woke, progressive, intersectionally appropriate thing to say, but I would say, yeah, I'm the one who has suffered the most because of the actions of BoJack Horseman.
2: You've suffered? Yeah, I have. The most? The most. Really? More than, say, Sarah Lynn?
1: Don't talk to me about Sarah Lynn.
2: No, I want to know how you're the victim of the Sarah Lynn story. I'm serious. Explain to me how Sarah Lynn's overdose was really rough for you. Shut up. You feel a lot of guilt about that? You feel a lot of guilt because you were the only father figure she ever had? And when she came to you for help, you, hey, how you doing? Hey, folks, having
1: a good time? look
2: great. Thanks for coming. You had sex with her? That's no. And then, when she was sober, you took her on a month-long bender, and then she died. And she is dead now. And you are still alive with a girlfriend, who is also alive, and a TV show. And that's been really hard for you, the main character in this story.
1: Why are you bringing this shit up? Is this fun for you to really rub in? It's not
2: fun. You
1: win. You scored all the points in the argument. According to facts, you are right and I am wrong, like always. But you know what? I don't care. Because I'm trying to move forward.
2: You haven't changed at all.
1: Yes, congratulations. You are the last person.
0: This argument between Diane and Bojack is really important because it shows that although Bojack wants to change, just like all of the other characters, he not only has to want it, but he has to do it. He has to be the change in order to actually change. It is something that is reinforced time and time again. Um, by Bojack's friends because they constantly remind him that they want him to stop doing such shitty things. You know, in his sitcom series, he just gets to say sorry and the person forgives him and everything is easily resolved, but in real life, saying sorry just isn't good enough. You can't just keep saying sorry over and over again. You actually have to do better, be better, do less crappy things, and do more good things. And that's all you really can do in the scheme of, like, in the grand scheme of things. But like Bojack, each character falls into their own loop of bad decisions until they decide not to do that anymore. Diane had the struggle of never knowing what she wanted to do or if anything she was going to do was going to be good enough for her. She ended up leaving Mr. Peanut Butter and took time alone to reflect on what she wanted out of life, and in that process, had grown incredibly frustrated with the people around her who weren't on the same level of self-awareness that she had become. She'd gained this like new level of self-awareness after she spent some time alone and decided that she didn't want to fall into that cycle anymore. So she's someone who has actually recognized that loop that is played over and over again throughout the series. Mr. Peanut Butter, on the other hand, decides that he still loves Diane, and what he wants in life is a lifelong loving partner. In the latest season, he struggles a lot with trying to jump back into his usual optimistic Mr. Peanut Butter ways. He tries to find a new relationship, and in the end, he realizes that it wasn't real, it wasn't what he and Diane had. Todd himself goes through his own journey when he comes out as asexual. The show takes his story and breaks down the norms of asexuality, which are very few because asexuality is something that is rarely talked about to even begin with. I don't even know of another show that has talked about asexuality. I think the closest thing I can think of is a documentary I discovered on Netflix a couple of years ago where it followed um, about three or four people who identified as asexual Even when I tried searching it on YouTube, I found maybe a few videos, but there really isn't that much information out there about asexuality, let alone representation in media today. So he struggles to explore his sexuality when he decides to date other asexual people, but learns that he doesn't have to, which I think is really important. He could date someone who identifies as straight or gay or bisexual and he could still be asexual at the same time, and relationships like that exist. In the end he comes to this grand conclusion that asexuality doesn't mean he has to date other asexual people. He can have a relationship with someone else who identifies as straight or gay and that it would be okay, and that's, I feel like, a huge misconception about the asexual community. Lastly, we have Princess Carolyn who decides after a few miscarriages and a failed attempt at a stable relationship that she was going to start a family of her own regardless of where she's at in life. So in the end, she looks into adopting and even finds a birth mother. So as you can tell that most of the other characters come to this conclusion where they fall into the same The previous seasons, they have fallen into the same loop of wanting a certain thing, but never knowing how to get there because they keep falling into decisions that don't help their end goal. But eventually, as the season progresses, as they become more self-aware, as they've gone through these positive times and these negative times, that they can change the cycle that they're in, they can change the path that they're on, and it's about choices that you make. It's good choices, bad choices, it's Whatever choices you make. So, Princess Carolyn wants a family. She decides that it doesn't matter. I've gone through so many negative times with these miscarriages and this failed relationship, but I still want a family and I'm going to go after it no matter what. And she takes herself out of her own cycle of always saying yes to people and always putting work first and being a robot and being all of those things. And she decides that I'm going to do what I want because. I have a choice to be happy and I'm going to be happy and Todd struggles with his sexuality and he comes to hit terms that it's okay to date other people that are not asexual I can have feelings I'm not broken I'm not weird and he comes to terms with himself just as Diane does where she realizes in her alone time that everyone around her is pretty toxic, and she no longer wants those toxic toxic relationships in her life. Unfortunately, the only person that hasn't come to this realization or this motivation to change is Bojack, who is the main character of the show. Um, throughout the seasons, he has shown a lot of progress in terms of giving things up and becoming happy and deciding that it's okay to be happy and it's okay to want all of those things but it still falls into this loop of negative turmoil and bad decisions and self-destruction and self-sabotage and not to give any spoilers away but to give spoilers away um in the very last episode that is aired from this season 5 he ends up going to rehab because in season 5 he just slowly develops this addiction to painkillers. And he has already abused alcohol in the past and abused drugs and abused smoking, but in this latest season, it really spirals out of control when his mother passes away and he realizes that he's completely left alone in the world and doesn't have any other relatives that he know of or anyone that he can cling onto that he can relate to you in some sort of small way so a lot of other critics of the show a lot of fans of the show are really wondering where the creators going to take this show in the next season because it did get renewed for a season six and we're all really curious to know that if this continuous loop of patterns are just going to keep going if this If these moments in time are going to keep happening or if we are going to see some sort of resolution because it's hard to watch a show that subverts the narrative of common TV shows and movies because we're so conditioned to find some sort of resolution, some sort of closure at the end of an episode or series. We are kind of just as anxious as the characters in the show to see... What's gonna happen, and as a viewer, it's kind of difficult because I kind of already know that, like, there's not gonna be some definite ending until, of course, the show will end. But until that point, there's not gonna be a definite ending of like this is what's gonna happen, it's gonna be constantly changing as it is in real life. So, as a fellow Bojack Horseman enthusiast, I'm very curious to see where the show will go. Within the next couple of seasons, I would love to know what everyone else thinks. If this is your first time hearing about the show. Does this make you more interested in it or does it kind of make you want to stay away? Did I scare you? Did I not scare you? Um, I'm really curious to know. So if you can leave some comments down and we can start a discussion. If you've watched the show and you love it, I would love to keep talking about it because there are so many more issues about the show that are good to talk about. Um, not just how it subverts the narrative but also just in general it makes a lot of jokes about what's happening in current events and not only that but representation is a huge thing the show for being an animated cartoon series it really has a lot of representation of different communities and um it's always something good to talk about so let me know what you think thank you so much for listening i hope you guys all have a wonderful day and good night